Thank you so much. It's wonderful uh, to be back. Um, thank you, uh, Pastor Cindy, and then also uh, Dr. Henry and Jackie. It's so wonderful to be back with you. Um, you are definitely my uh, one of my favorites in the Volmerans family. I won't I won't elaborate, but uh, you're very special. <laughs> Thank you for the invitation and to be with you. And uh, this morning, um, I want to equip you and also impart you that when you leave this room, that you'll be ready to function. To me, it's important that whatever we hear, that we can apply it to our lives. And uh, I want to give you something today that's within your reach, that when you leave here, you can immediately apply it to your life and to uh, where you are right now. My wife sends her greetings from uh, South Africa. We're going to be here for, I'm here for just over two weeks, heading to Colorado and then Augusta, uh, Georgia. And then we're heading back home to South Africa just for three days to get my family. And then we are heading to Thailand for a month. Uh, we uh, will be ministering in Bangkok and uh, from there, Singapore, back to South Africa, Germany, Switzerland, and we will continue on to the UAE. Um, and so God's been really good to us. It's uh, such a blessing to minister the word. It's nothing. The more I minister, the more I realize um, what a privilege it is to minister the word of God. It's nothing more precious to me than having the opportunity to, to minister and to speak the word of God. So I want to thank you again, the leadership and the team here that is doing such an excellent job. I want to greet everyone that's watching various places in the world. We trust that God will touch you wherever you are watching from today. Let's pray and we can open up the word. Thank you, Father, for your word. Lord, as we open up your word today, I declare that life will come from it. Father, I pray that every heart will be open right now to receive your uncompromised word. And Father, as we speak it, it will go forth and it will not return void. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to open up your Bibles and read with me. One of my favorite scriptures, Acts chapter 27, verse 22. Now, we have recently, as a family, we've gone through um, a little mini crisis in our own family. And uh, um, I, you know, just decided early in my life, if the enemy throws me with a rock, then I'm going to make a rocket of it. And so I'm going to use it against him. And uh, I'm sharing with you today what has happened with us in the last couple of months and what I've learned from that situation. And immediately, I've turned it in something that can empower God's people. And I'm going to share the testimony with you as we continue. Acts 27 verse 22, if I have to give today's message a title, I would say, How to Navigate Through the Storms of Life. Now, life will be full of storms. Jesus never promised us a life without storms. And so there will be many challenges that all of us will face some, some time of our lives. But how do we navigate through those storms when they come? Book of Acts chapter 27, 22, he says, But now I urge you to keep up your courage. And this is Paul speaking to a group of sailors. Now I want you to understand for them to sail, they must have courage. You know, you don't sail in those days without courage. You know, this is not 2023 or 2020, you know, where they had all these technologies, you know, for them to get on a, on a sailing boat, they, need, they didn't know whether they're going to return or not. And now he's saying to them, keep up your courage. And today, I want to say to you that as a Christian, part of our lives, the foundation of our lives is faith. But I'm here this morning to say to you, keep up your faith. Not just have faith, 
but keep up your faith. And so, but I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. To give you a little background of what's happening, Paul is experiencing a vision. An angel of the Lord appears to him and they are in a storm, not going through a storm or going to a storm. They're in it at that moment. And uh, the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, all of the lives of everyone that's with you will be spared because there's an assignment on your life. You have to stand trial before Caesar. And so everyone will be spared. Hold on. And now he's explaining it to this group of sailors people that's with him in this boat. And he says, um, you must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men. And then Paul does something very powerful. He says, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he has told me. He has just received the word and immediately his response is, I have faith in God that it would happen just as he has told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. It's very strange to me when I read this passage and when I study it because I'm thinking, God, you can save their lives, but you can't save the ship. How come they all get spared, but the ship still has to crash? And it seems to me that God is more concerned about eternity and our assignments than our current comforts. To us, our current comforts is more, more important than the assignment or even than eternity. We just live for this moment right now. It's just about this moment here right now. It's all about now. And we don't often think about eternity and what is waiting for us. Now, tonight, I, I'm going to specifically anoint you and those of you that will be here for the assignment that God has for your life. Okay? I'm going to set you apart tonight and anoint you for that. And so Paul's life is spared not so that he can go to Hawaii on vacation. <laughs> his life is spared because of his assignment. There's divine protection on him because of the assignment that is upon his life. In the same way, every person that's sitting in this room today has an assignment. Now, when it comes to God, God does not see limitations. I was invited to speak at a retirement village in South Africa. And this retirement village, everyone that lives there is 80 and above. And they asked me, would you please come and minister, you know, to people here. And I went there and I prophesied, you know, over all um, these people. And at some stage, I had to stop. And I had to say, God, are you sure you have the right people? <laughs> because as I prophesied, all these great things came forth. But when I looked in the room, I thought, Lord, I'm not sure. I mean, this person is struggling to walk, and you're saying that they're going to take donations. <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense. And then I realized that when God looks at us, God does not see disability. When God looks at you today, he sees the full potential of what you can become. He does not see your shortcomings, he does not see your past, he does not see, you know, a reason why you cannot do it. And so whenever 
we prophesy and we minister to people, we do not minister from a place of limitation. We speak from a place of overflow, from a place of abundance, from a place where nothing is impossible. And that is what, what God does. He has the ability to look beyond our limitations. You're sitting here today and you're trying to navigate in your life through your season. And you're trying to navigate through it with your limitation. You're thinking, how can I get through this with all of these limitations that I'm dealing with right now? Now, good luck with trying to explain to God that you are limited. <laughs> because the more you try to convince him that you cannot do it, the less he sees the limitation that you have. God sees the fullness of what you can become. And he's trying to get your attention and your focus to that because the fact is that whatever you look at is where your faith goes. If you look at the limitations in your life, your faith will grow in that direction. God is trying to get your eyes off that and try to put your eyes on where he's taking you and his assignment. And so as long as you have breath in your lungs, the assignment of God is still alive. I'm ministering to this group of people and, you know, in the natural, I don't know how long they're going to live. But through the eyes of God, they still have a hundred years. There's no limitation. And God is saying, go, run, don't stop, keep on pushing, keep on going. Whatever you can, whatever you can bring, just do it. Just bring what you can bring today. Now, I'm sharing this with you because of an instance of an event that took place in our lives last year. Last year, I uh, uh, went to New York for a meeting, and uh, my parents came from South Africa to visit us, and uh, they wanted to stay with the kids for the weekend, and uh, I took my wife with me, and we went to New York for uh, a meeting, for a conference. And we arrived there, and five minutes before the service started, I received a phone call that my family was involved in an accident. At that moment, I tried to phone my dad, and uh, he eventually put the phone on and on video, the, um, the video um, on. And when I looked at the picture, my, my mom and my children were scattered on the grass next to a vehicle. I said to my dad, listen, I want you to walk over to, to my son. The first, I've got two boys, walk over to the first one. He walked over to him. I said to him, can you see me? He said, yes. I said, listen, look at me. Everything is going to be okay. I said to my dad, listen, just can you walk over to, to my second son? He walked over to the second one and in pain, screaming, bleeding. And I looked at him. I said, look at me. I said, everything is going to be okay. And then the medic said to my dad, he said, listen, sir, your hand is broken. You need to put the phone down. And so <laughs> they load them in, there's five of them in the vehicle in five different, different ambulances. And we lost contact with them. And we didn't know where they're heading, where they're going. So at that moment, we had to make a decision. I looked at my wife and I said to her, listen, the only thing we can do right now is stand on the word of God. We don't have anything else. We have to stand on the word. We have to hold on to the, to the word of God. Well, um, eventually we found our way back to the kids and to the, the hospital where, where they were in at that moment. And uh, as I walked into the hospital, uh, we had a meeting with the neurosurgeon, uh, and uh, he sat us down, both me and my wife, and he said, listen, you need to understand that both of your sons will never walk again. Wow. 
And so they had a, a medical board that sat down with us and they'd all the x-rays and the evidence, they sat with us and said, listen, this is what happened, this is the reason, and this is what, what needs to happen right now. And we sat in that moment, I mean, in the storm, and we didn't know what to do. We had people who immediately started to pray for us um, from all over the world. And uh, um, I uh, went into uh, intensive care the evening, and both of the boys were there, and I received all these voice notes and messages of prayer. And as a father at that moment, I just did not have the strength at that moment to pray. And uh, I stood there. We've never been through any crisis in our lives. The first time experiencing anything like that. And I'm standing there and I took these recordings of prayers. And I just started to play it over the kids. And from 6 um, the night, I stayed with him through the night till the next morning at 6. I just played those prayers over them. Now, some of those prayers were filled with faith. There's some people that send me prayers where I just uh, stopped it, you know. I could just, the prayers was full of fear. But I just played it over the kids. Now, the medical system is completely different from South Africa, um, you know, very different from how it works. And uh, we had the opportunity in South Africa, <laughs> when something happens, you don't have a choice. So the medical team, they decide what they're going to do. And you, you, I mean, you don't have an option. In America, it's different. They give you the option to choose. So we had a meeting, and they basically explained to us what needs to happen. And we had, as parents, we had to make a choice. And uh, they had to go into surgery. Both of the boys, the next morning, they haven't eaten anything. And they prepared them to go into surgery. And we, as parents, just said, listen, whatever is the best for them. I mean, we don't know. We have, don't have any idea. I mean, the stuff they're explaining to us what happened doesn't, it's Hebrew to us. Whatever is the best, that's what has to happen, and, and we trust them with that. And so they agreed, basically, to take them into surgery the next morning, and uh, we as parents agreed and said, yes, um, if you say that's the best, let them do it. And um, just prayed through the night. Just prayed, prayed, prayed. And then the next morning, they came in to collect uh, Zandre, my eldest, for surgery. They came in and... Uh, um, at that moment, there was a different team that made a brace for him that he would wear after surgery. And uh, they came and already molded it and fitted it. And they need to make some adjustments. And uh, they tried to roll him on his side to get the brace on and to fit it. And the neurosurgeon said, try to, try to put it on. And told the team and they, they put it on. And he told the, the, uh, my son, he said, listen, see if you can stand. And he stood up. And... And he said, it's impossible. I didn't know at that moment what he can do or not. You know, I don't know what his, his, his abilities is. And um, he said, well, um, I want you to take, take him back, both of them, into, um, to, for x-rays again. And so he went for x-rays. And then he came back. He said, no, uh, the, the radiologist, they messed up because the x-rays that they the way the angle they took it from is not the same and it was yesterday and so no surgery needed don't have any surgery okay. four days later they were released from hospital um, he told us um, that they're gonna that they have to learn to walk again and so we pushed them out of the, the hospital with wheelchairs it's now at this moment seven months later both of our boys are running. They don't have a mark 
They don't have a scar. They've never been in pain. Nothing. Nothing. Seven months. From walking into the hospital and telling us they would never walk again. To a place now, seven months later, there's no mark. Never been in pain. Nothing. In fact, they just started last week with gymnastics again. And so we just um, allow them to go back. I want to share five things with you as I end today. How to navigate through the storms of life. I want to give you five principles that will help you that when the storm comes, so that you can be ready to respond to it. Number one, you have to take your stance. I want to encourage you today to make up your mind that when the storm comes, how will you respond? What would your response be? I've decided early in my life, and I sat down with my family, and I said, listen, I believe that God is good, God is only good, and God is always good. And whatever we go through, if we face anything in our lives, that will be our stance. Today, it is impossible for anyone to convince me in any other way. I've made my choice. I've taken my stance. I want to encourage you today to take the time and to sit and to decide when the storms come in your life, what would your response be? If you don't take your stance before the storm, then you are going to respond emotionally to the storm. And in that moment, you will say things that will take you a lifetime to recover from. And therefore, it is wise to decide what would your response be when it comes. Now, it was difficult. It was challenging. We've never faced anything like that, to stand in that moment of the storm. And, you know, this is just one part. There's many things that happened in that moment, just one thing after the other thing that started to happen because of, of that moment. But our response was, God is good. God is only good. And God is always good. And we choose not to allow any other communication to come from our mouths. That's it. I refuse to believe anything else. A person phoned me and said, Andre, well, this happened just five minutes before you preached. Why does that happen? Can God not take care of you? And I said to that person, I said, you know what? Um, they asked me if I would take the meeting. So the pastor said, he said, uh, when it happened, he said, Are you, do you want us to drive, to drive you back to Florida? Or do you want to do the meeting? Do you want to do the service? And I said to him, I will do the service even if it's the last time I minister. I said to him, just don't tell anyone what's happening at this moment. And God did supernatural things in that service. That service right there. A lady came to me and gave me a testimony of a couple that was in that meeting. And what God did in their lives in that meeting. While I'm ministering, my wife is running in and out of the meeting and she's trying to contact the ambulance is trying to find out where the kids is, what is happening. God is good. God is only good. And God is always good. And I refuse to believe anything else. And so you have to take your stance, number one. Number two, I'm going to just give you the scriptures and not read it. And so for take your stance, Acts chapter 27, verse 25, where Paul says, So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he has told me. Paul has taken that stance 
no matter what happens, it will happen just as God has told me. Secondly is the shepherd's voice. I want to encourage every person in this room to have a shepherd in your life. The reason is that when you go through a storm, the shepherd in your life will have greater insight into the storm than you have. And so if you have a shepherd in your life, when you go through that, they will pick up things and they would help you to be aware and to watch out for certain things as you go through that challenge. Now, sheep can only have one shepherd, but a shepherd can have a hundred sheep. And so as you sit here today, you must be able to tell me who is the shepherd in your life? Who is the shepherd's voice that is in your life? And it's vital for the shepherd to know that they can speak into your life. It doesn't help if you sit here today and you say, well, uh, my shepherd, my spiritual father, my mentor is this individual and he has a million sons. That's not a shepherd. That's... <laughs> that. I don't want to say what that is, but it's not a shepherd, okay? It's not someone that you have access to. I'm talking about someone that you have access to in your life. People ask me, Andre, but who's my shepherd? Just look around you. Just look at who God has placed in your life, who he has positioned in your life, because you need a shepherd to be there. Now, I want you to hear what I'm saying now and not use my words in a different way or against me. You have to understand now with wisdom what I'm saying. Every person on the earth needs someone on the earth that they have the same fear for that they have for God. Someone that can speak into their life where when they speak into their life, they will, will be willing immediately to respond. I have a shepherd in my life. I have someone who speaks into my life, someone that has access into my life. I had an argument with my wife the other day, and uh, I was wrong. Uh, sorry, not wrong, right. No, normally, I'm right. And uh, in this argument, she said to me, well, what if we phone him? I said to her, woman, whatever you want, just don't phone him. I'll settle right now. I'll repent right now. Just don't even mention it to him. The reason is I have someone, and I'm not talking about the individual, I talk about the authority that's upon his life. And I see the hand of God that functions through him. And because of that, there's a shepherd's voice in my life. And at the moment when we went through a storm, he immediately told me, listen, watch for this and this. And there's things that I was not aware of at that moment, but because of the shepherd's voice, I could be ready and prepared for what was coming. Number three. And so for the shepherd's voice, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. It's where Samuel sees things in David's life that his own father does not see. Okay. Now, the third thing is your confession. Every person needs a confession. In the book of Psalms 45, verse 1, David says, My heart is stirred by a noble theme, as I recite my verses for the king, my tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. Every individual needs a confession. A confession is what you stand for. Today, when we look at companies out there, we see the names, but those companies have a confession. A confession is not just what you stand for. 
the greatest confession is your daily conversations. Is the stuff that you speak of, stuff that comes forth. And so I've taken the time in 2010 and I have taken three days and I wrote my confession. I took the word of God and I started to write a confession for my life. I started to declare things over my family, over my life. And I have a confession and I've printed it out. I've placed that confession in my travel bags, at home, in drawers. They are everywhere. And every now and again, when I have time, I take that confession and I pray it over my life. My confession sheet is dated 2010. Recently, I was in a situation and I had to prove a lot of things that, that, that is happening in my life and, and how, where did it come from and how did it happen. And when I, when I looked at those things and they asked me, where does all these things come from that you have in your life? I said, it came from my confession sheet. Today, it's 2023, and everything that I've placed in my confession sheet has manifested in my life. Everything. But it's been a journey for many years where I walked with a confession sheet. Times where I didn't feel like I wanted to pray, then I would pray the confession sheet. I would take it out. Now, if you take my confession sheet, everything that you read there is connected to a scripture in the Word of God. I want to encourage you. To take a day in a year and spend the time and write your confession sheet. Try to declare and speak things over your life, over your family, over your marriage, over your future. Even if you're not married yet, start to declare already good things over your husband, over your wife, over your children and over their futures. And so your confession sheet is vital to navigate during the storms of life. And then the last two, number four, is... The meditation of your heart. Psalms chapter 19 verse 14 says, May these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. When we went through this crisis, my shepherd immediately said to me, Andre, you have to watch your heart now. There's things that's going to happen. You have to be careful what the enemy tries to put in your heart. When we go through a crisis, immediately we ask why. Why is this happening? Whose fault is it? Who is to blame? And we're trying to get a solution or answer for something that does not have an answer at that moment. But we want to pin it on something. And at that moment, I had to watch my heart. When you go through a storm, you can say something in that storm and you can bring distance between you and God, and it can take you years to recover from what you said in that moment. And therefore, it is important to watch your heart when you go through a challenge or storm in your life and make sure that no bitterness comes into your heart. I was standing in the hospital just at that moment looking at both of the boys in ICU in tremendous pain at that moment, and while I was standing there looking at them, the Lord spoke to me and he said, Andre, who is to blame? Immediately I thought, you know, who's to blame? Maybe it's this driver, maybe that driver, maybe I should have taken the kids with me, maybe we should have. And I'm thinking, you know, who is to blame? Whose fault is it? And that is our human nature. We want to give someone the fault. We want to put the blame on someone. And while I'm trying to figure out who is to blame, 
God says to me, he says, Andre, I'll take the blame. Immediately when he said it, all bitterness left my heart at that moment. Immediately. Immediately because of my relationship with him, because of my love for him, immediately I was set free because I know that it's only good. And immediately it set free. It's a snare of the enemy to come and steal, kill, and destroy in our lives and then tries to blame it or to pin it on someone else. The enemy wants to steal from you and then he wants you to pay for it. He wants you to be the one to blame for it. And so when you go through that, it's important to watch your heart. I want to stop at this point today. There's people that are here in this room right now and there's stuff that you've went through in your life and in the moment of the crisis, you said some things. In the moment of the crisis, you did not watch your heart. And something, some form of root of bitterness started to take hold of your heart. And even though you sit here today and you, you try to thrive in your relationship with God, there's a stronghold that's holding you back because in the deepest place in your heart, you're still blaming God for what you went through. You're still thinking, where was God? Why did this happen? You know, who's to blame? How will I recover from that? Why did I go through that? Could God not prevent it? And you did not watch your heart at that moment. God wants to set you free. At that moment when I stood in the hospital and he started to minister to me, in an in a instant moment, he set me free. Immediately, that bitterness, that pain, that anger in my heart that wanted to come in, immediately it left me. And immediately, I was set free. I'm going to pray with you today at the end of the meeting that God would set you free from that. And then lastly, number five is prayer and worship. In Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, he says, Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I came in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. And then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Immediately when we pray, there's a response from heaven. Immediately. Immediately, there's a change that's happening. Now, whether we see it or not, there's something that shifts in the spirit. And I want you to understand today, the enemy says, don't pray. It doesn't work. It's not effective. You've prayed so many times and it didn't work. Stop praying. I want to say to you today, pray again. Because immediately when we pray, there's a response. When I stood with the kids that night in the most difficult moment in my life and people's prayers started to come in, not even my prayers, the prayers started to come in and I started to play those prayers. Immediately, there was a response from heaven. If you pray today, there is an immediate response from heaven. Immediately, there's a shift that takes place. Don't stop praying. Know that God hears you. Just, just keep on. Just keep on praying. Don't stop. I want to encourage you today to take these five things and to arm yourself when you go through storms in your life. I want to repeat it again. Number one, you have to take your stance. Number two, you need a shepherd in your life 
if you're here today and you don't know who is your shepherd and you don't know if you have a shepherd, make, make it plain. Make sure that you have someone that can speak in your life, that have access, that can speak into your life. Today, I have spiritual sons and I have access. I cannot speak into their lives if they don't tell me, listen, you can speak into my life. I don't have the boldness to, to challenge them on something if they are not willing to receive my instruction. But if they are willing to grow, willing to be challenged, then I can speak into areas and I can challenge them, not because I want to hurt them, but because I want to see them succeed in places where I have failed in my life. But there must be a shepherd in your life. I've done business coaching the last couple of years, and I've sat with a couple of men 60 and above. And every man that I sat with 60 and up that are going through difficulty in their finances, in their business today, is because they've gravitated to a place in their life where they don't have a shepherd that can speak into their lives anymore. What has happened is their shepherd found them when they were poor and they became wealthy and successful. But what they don't know is that even if you become wealthy, that your wisdom level and your spiritual level does not grow with your wealth level. And so suddenly they've came to a place in their wealth where they say, no one can speak into my life anymore. And because of that, the wheels started to come off in their lives and in their business. They came to a place where they are, in, they are untouchable. In fact, they look at the mentor or at the fast and they say, listen, no, no, I need to speak into your life because of my level of success. Have a shepherd's voice in your life. No matter the success that you achieve, no matter how famous, how strong, what you become in life, someone that can speak into your life and that can have insight. Now, if God knows who the shepherd is in your life, God can reveal strategies and insight to them of what you are going through. The reason why God cannot speak to you through a shepherd because God himself is confused as to who is your shepherd. <laughs> He's trying to speak to someone, give them insight. But he doesn't know. And so therefore make it plain. People run from church to church, ministry to ministry, book to book. They don't have someone that can speak into love, that they can journey with. That shepherd is someone that does not live in another nation. It's someone that God places within your vicinity, that's around you, that you have access to, that's in your life. Don't look at the success that they have achieved in the natural. I'm talking about spiritual success that they're carrying that cannot be measured with silver or gold. Spiritual treasures that's upon their lives. That is what I'm talking about. If you have a shepherd, God will use them to speak into areas in your life. And then the last three, your confession, the meditation of your heart, and prayer. Don't stop praying. Let's pray. Father, thank you for every person that is here today. I don't want to stretch this out. I want to get to a place to minister to you this morning. So I want to ask you, if you have allowed bitterness to come into your heart you've went through things in your life and as you went through that you did not watch your heart and the enemy allowed bitterness to come into your heart the enemy lied to you he said things he projected God in a negative way 
and that bitterness started to grab a hold of your heart. And today, you're trying to run a race, but you can't get to the front. You can't move on because there's stuff that is holding you back of disappointment, of doubt, that's saying, well, no, because of what has happened. Today, God wants to set you free. And I believe that in a moment, He can set you free right now, wherever you're watching from, or if you're in this room, God can free you. His mercy and His grace, His love can flood your heart and can set you free from any form of bitterness that's trying to limit you. I want to ask you today, if that is you, I don't want to call you to the front. I want to ask you just to quickly stand where you are. I would love to pray with you at this moment. You can stand. I'm not going to pray with people afterwards. I'm praying right now. I was exactly there where you are seven months ago. Seven months ago, I stood in that place. And stuff happened in my heart. And at that moment, there were so many questions. Why am I going through this? Why is this happening to me? What did I do wrong? So many things that happened that moment. And I had to watch my heart at that moment. Bitterness wanted to come in. I couldn't allow that to happen. Father, I pray with every person that's standing right now. And Father, I'm going to ask, forgive us for what we've done. Forgive us for what we have said. Stuff that we said out of ignorance, without thinking. We didn't realize what we're saying. Father, forgive us for that. Father, I pray every word that we've spoken, things we've spoken of our own lives, curses, things we've said without wisdom, Lord. Forgive us for saying those things. And Father, today we pray the gap that has come between us. Father, where we have lost faith, where we have lost courage, where we have lost boldness to approach you and speak to you and trust you endlessly. Father, I pray that you come and forgive us and set us free right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you remove that root of bitterness out of every person's life right now. I pray for your love, Father, and your mercy to flood their lives as they stand here or as they watch right now, that your love will just cover them, cover them. Father, you are a good God. You are good, you are only good, and you are always good. And Father, we refuse to believe anything else. Father, you care, you love us. Your word says you want a good future for us. And Father, we stand on that today. And we are not going to allow any longer the hand of the enemy to function in our lives from this day forth. I declare that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm sharing a part of the testimony with you today. There's so many things that happened and transpired. Um, you know, there's people that if I tell them everything that happened to us, you know, they say, well, you know, um, and you're a man of God and all of that stuff happens to you. You know, life happens. There's stuff in this, in this life. It's not God. It's not the enemy. It's just life. And we can try to, to pin it on someone. We, we can try to get someone to take the blame. There's stuff that just happens. But the truth is, there's an eternity that's waiting for us. And that eternity is far greater than this life. Far greater. Yes, there will be challenges in their li this life. Yes, there will be victories. But there is a day coming. There is a time coming where we will be with Him for eternity. 
I want you to realize today, I know when you're in a storm, the only thing that you care about is that storm. You're just thinking, how do I get out of this moment? What about this? All your focus and energy is towards that moment. But there's a life after the storm. There's something after that. And also, I'm talking about eternity that's far greater than just this moment right here and what we are facing. Okay. I'm going to ask the worship leader, where is she? Is she in the, uh, here you are. Would you stand quickly? I wrote down just a couple of words that God gave me and I uh, just want to remind myself. <laughs> What's your name again? Drea. Again? Drea. Drea. Good to meet you, Drea. And you're part of the church, right? You are. Okay. You have a shepherd. Okay. The reason I'm asking you is because of the shepherd's voice in your life. This morning as I, as I minister the message, I'm also ministered prophetically. There's people here and the shepherd's voice in their life is critical. And that's exactly the same thing with you right now. It's God has placed a shepherd's voice in your life. And that voice is more important than you realize at this moment. I want to encourage you to hold on to the shepherd's voice. Let the shepherd's voice have an have a impact or a voice in your life above any other voice that's in your life at this moment. There's a lot of confusion at this moment with voices, with people, and they mean good. The intention is good, but they're trying to pull you in different directions. Everyone have an idea of what you need to do and where you need to go and what, but God wants to lead you to where he wants to take you and what his plan is. Now, the Lord said to me, he has called you to be a prophet in the marketplace, a prophet in the marketplace. And I sense that God is going to allow you to penetrate the corporate world and then you'll penetrate the church. And so what it means is God's going to allow you to achieve a level of success and authority in the corporate world. I see a platform that God is preparing, that God is opening, that you've not been on yet, that you haven't touched yet, a door that God is opening that is not open right now in your life. And God's going to allow you to penetrate the corporate world. And God's going to use you in that place as a prophet in the marketplace. He's going to take your voice into that place, into that arena to, to impact it for his kingdom. And then I hear God says, then you will penetrate the church. And so there will be a season of your life where you will be in the corporate world. And then there will be a season where you will function in the church. But there's both flows in your life. At this moment, you're being pulled apart into two different directions because you don't know which one you need to do. And God is saying both. He says, I haven't called you just to one. And the reason why you're making it so difficult is you're trying to, you know, you think in your mind, well, I can't be at both places. No, there's some people that have the grace to be at both places. And God has given you the grace and the strength to function at both simultaneously. It's like jackets or mantles that's being changed consistently. Now, there's a, a place where God is taking you. And because of where he's taking you, God is demanding a higher level of holiness in your life. Now, we can't look at, you know, other people around us. Because if you look at people around you, you can say, well, I'm doing better than them. And God is saying, no, 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 forget about them. Forget about people around. Don't compare yourself to where they are. 
I'm calling you to a holy place. You know, people say that grace is a license to sin, but grace is really a license to holiness. It's because of His grace that we can live holy lives. And that is what I sense that God is calling you to now. He's calling you into a dark world. He's calling you into a place that's very challenging, it's very difficult, yet in that place, He's calling you to live a holy life. And it is not for their sake, it's for your sake, because God is raising you up to become a pillar to many people, to become someone that many will look up to and you'll be a light in their darkness, in their challenges. They will look unto you and say, well, she's in the same place, but look at how she's responding. Look at how she's handling this. I want you to know that you've done a great job. From where you've been to where you've come right now, you've really done a tremendous job. You've done great. And God is very proud of you and how you've handled your storms, how you've handled situations. You've been in positions that's been difficult. You had to make choices that it's just hard. It's just no way that you could have made that choice or get out without being wounded. And so you had to make those choices to, to move on. And so God says, don't be so hard on you. You're still trying to fix it. You're still trying to rectify it. You know, it's over. But there's a future that's waiting for you, and it's where you are going. Now, you are someone that needs people around you. You need a group of people. You want to include everyone. But I want you to hear to today that where you are going is going to be a lonely road. It's going to be a place where you will not have a lot of people with you and where God himself will not allow everyone to go with you into that season. That's why God has given you a shepherd's voice. He's given you someone that consistently can speak into your life, that can challenge you on the standard that God has called you to be consistently for heaven's sake and for God's plan for your life. Okay, bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> Pastor Henry, Dr. Henry, so good to, to see you and to be both, uh, both with you um, today. And Jackie, I want to share with you this morning that God says, He says He has given you a gift of faith that you are distributing wherever you go. This morning as I prayed with you, uh, for you, God said, He said, Andre, He said, he, he said read Romans 1.11. And Romans 1.11 is where Paul says, He says, I long to be with you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift that both you and I Mutually, maybe encouraged by each other's faith. And God said to me, he said, Andre, Jackie has that gift. And I want you to realize that wherever you go, you are imparting a gift of faith to people. Wherever you move, it flows from you without any limitation. Everywhere where you are going, from the first day that I've met you, till now, that gift has been flowing from your life and it's been impacting and penetrating people wherever you go. I want you to know it and hear it today, okay? Pastor Henry, as I prayed with you this morning, he said, Lord said to me, he said, Andre, I've given him a father's heart. I've made him to be a father. The Lord says that you have done more than he's asked you to do, more than that. And he wants you to know that you've accomplished way more than he's asked you to do for his kingdom. And so therefore, God is proud 
of the life that you're living in. And the Lord said to me this morning, he said, Andre, tell him, thank you for being you. Thank you for being you. Just, just being normal, just being who you are, not putting yourself in a position or in a place where, where you have become inaccessible. Just being you. But because, because of that, you have, you have become a father's heart. Yeah. And a father's heart is someone that draws people to them. People want to be in your presence. They want to be around you. And it creates an oasis for people to rest and to be, to be recharged. And so God said to me, he said, in this season, he says, I'm calling you to be a father of many. And in this season, I'm sending the sons. And it's time to impart into the lives of the sons, impart to them, train them, equip them, so that they may walk in the same authority, the same gifting, the same strength that I've given you. Now see how in this season, how you are multiplying yourself. You are distributing yourself in other people's lives. If I say sons, I'm talking about sons and daughters, men and women that are willing to go the extra mile, that are willing to push in harder. And so it will be a time I see how you are sitting in your living room and I see grown-ups that are sitting on the floor and they're sitting with you at your feet like disciples. They're sitting and they are learning. They're receiving from you. And so it's time to empower a group of people. It's time to empower a generation that will walk in the exact gifting, in the exact authority that God has given you to multiply it so that they can be effective in that. I see that this ministry is becoming a launch pad. And when I talk about this group of people, it's not for everyone. It is people that are willing to go the extra mile. And I see how God is launching them and ministries are being birthed from this place. There's an urgency in my spirit, and I'm going to touch on it tonight as well, for the building that God has for you. And I'm here today, and I want to declare that within your lifetime, it will be accomplished. Within your lifetime, it will be completed. The things that God has shown you, the visions that He's given you, no matter what the circumstances is, it is time for the resources, for the finances to be released so that the work of God can continue, that, that there would be no hindrance, no limitation, that this ministry can move and step into the next season where it needs to be and where it needs to function in. And so I'm going to pray specifically tonight into that and call that forth. This is the moment for it. This is the time for it, the launch pad, things that God has showed you early in your life. I see in the spirits like puzzle pieces came together, a complete plan, a complete picture over years of what God said and promised that he's going to do within this ministry. And so I want to thank you for personally, just for the man who you are. There's, there's, a, there's a glory that resonates from you. Glory. Where you go and where you move, I see the glory of God upon you. It's shining. It's evident that the glory of God is upon your life. Let's give him a hand, please.
I want you to stand with a red shirt. What's your name? Yes, quickly stand. Yes, what's your name? Blaze. 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 Okay, wonderful. Who's with you? My dad. Your dad. My mom's in the back. Okay, how old are you? 21. 21. Are you in this church? Okay, thank you for being here today and for taking this step. You are one of those people that walks into church and does not leave the same way. And today as you leave here, God's going to start with a new journey with you and, and with your life. It was the enemy's plan to destroy you completely. There's been not one instance, but several instances where the enemy tried to use people and circumstances against you to bring complete destruction over your life. But it is the grace of God that have kept you, that have protected you up until now. And I want you to know the fact that you are here, the fact that you're standing is because you are victorious. Not because you're going to be victorious, because you are. The enemy tried to bring anything against you and you're still standing. And you're still here today. But as you stand here, I come and I command the enemy to take his hand off you. From this day forth, he has no right any, any longer to come against you, no right to try to come and steal, kill, and destroy in your life at all. Now, as you stand here, I mark you today, and I set you apart for God's plan and for God's purpose. I see a man in the future that's ministering the gospel. I see someone that's ministering the gospel. I see life coming from you. I see your words and the heaviness, the weightiness of your words that goes forth. You're not a man of a lot of words, but when you speak, it's impactful. And I listen to your words as you speak in the future and how you are using your words to bring life to others, to bring restoration to them. And so there's a ministry that God has prepared for you in the future. And God is going to navigate you. He's going to walk with you this journey to get to that place. It might not be easy, there's a whole change and transformation that's coming. There's people that God is completely removing from your life. Completely. I see disconnections, people, relationships, friendships are completely being disconnected. Completely being disconnected from your life. And God is going to do it. It's not that you have to choose or go against it. God is going to remove everything that is not from Him in your life. But God needs your permission. He needs your willingness. And what I'm sharing today is not, not a force that God is putting on you. It's an invitation. God is inviting you. He's saying, this is the life that I have for you. And if you would allow me, then I would take you to a place where I would use your life to bring healing to others. Okay? Something that happened, I don't want to go into the detail of it, but there's something that happened and you are... As you stand here, you still hold it against yourself. Hold it against yourself. And you, no matter how hard you try, you cannot forgive yourself for what happened at that moment. I see, I see how it happened. I see how it happened. You're struggling to forgive yourself for, for that happened. I see the nightmares coming, waking up at night of that exact instance. God wants to set you free of that today. Free. You say, I hear you shout out, I hear you say, it's impossible to turn that around. It's impossible to get free from that. God is, I say, he's a specialist in, in, in possibilities. <laughs> and God is going to come. And even though it seems 
impossible to turn that around. God's going to set you free completely, completely of that. I see blood that's on your hands, and you stand here. God's purifying your hands today. Purifying, cleansing your hands, cleansing it, cleansing it. I want you to know there's a tremendous purity that's in your hands. Purity, purity. And God wants to use your hands. The enemy tried to use your hands to bring destruction into people's lives, but God wants to use those same hands to bring love, the same hands to recover, the same hands to bring healing into people's lives, okay? And so I want to ask you this question today. Are you willing to give God a chance? Not 10%, not 50%, 100%. Are you willing to really give God a chance with your life? You sure? Okay, I want to pray with you, and then if I pray with you, I can't reverse it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's game over. So are you sure? Yes, you sure? Okay. Lift your hands up. Father, I pray this man, and Father, as he stands here today, I mark him and I set him apart for your plan and purpose. Father, use his life to bring life to others, Lord. And I declare from this day forth that from this hands will flow healing. From this hands will flow love, restoration, Lord. Thank you, Father. People will be mended, the lost, the broken, Lord that you will use his life and use his words, Lord, to represent you in those moments. I release him now from the hand of the enemy, and I declare from this day forth, the enemy has no hold upon you any longer. And I set you free. I release you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. He's always crying. <laughs> just quickly, just stand. Just quickly stand. I want you to, I want you to quickly pick two people. One, one person here, one person there. Just the first person that you lead to. Just look at just the first person that you see. Don't be influenced by you. <laughs> okay, just quickly. Would you stand, please? Yes, stand. Quickly, just two. Yes, one on this block and one on that block. Who? Jim, stand and, and who else? And on this in this block? No, no, one on each side. One and one. Stand with him. You married, right? Legally. Just want to make sure. How long are you married? Nine years. What do you do for work, sir? Sales. What do you sell? Commercial security. Okay, you happy with that? You sure? Okay. What do you do? Now that's a full-time job. And the church stuff. Okay. You're a very dynamic couple, and uh, you have potential to go very far in your life, both of you. I'm asking about your job and where you are, and the reason is because there's so much more that is waiting for you and that God is preparing. You are someone that likes to function in a place of comfort, that likes to function in a team set where everything is in order, where everything is fine, where everything is working and streamlining. But God is shaking things up in the season of your life. I'm here to tell you that everything that will happen will happen in your advantage. It will not be anything that will cause any harm against you, but God is stirring up things. And the reason is God needs you to step it up. He needs you. 
to go further. He needs you take, to take responsibility. I see a door that's opening promotion that's coming. And in that promotion, it's a form of greater responsibility that's coming upon your life. And I'm here to tell you that you are ready for it. I'm here to tell you that you can do it, that you are the man for the job. I see the size and the magnitude of it. And it might feel, well, no, no, it's too much. And you are someone that is so honest. It's got so much integrity. You will try to speak or to communicate yourself out of it because you think, no, 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 there's, there's someone that, that, that I'm not the right person for it. No, I'm here to tell you, you are the right person. You are God's chosen and God has prepared you and he has opened that door for you. And so God's busy calling you into that place. Now, there's a lot of leadership that's coming on you. I don't know where you're going to get the time because there's a lot of stuff that you have to carry simultaneously, a lot of responsibility. See, huge teams, a lot of people and groups that's under you that you have to manage, but God is giving you the strength and the capability to do it in the sense. It's going to be a couple of years that's going to be very intense. It's going to be very busy, very intense, but it's going to be full of promotion and full of blessing, overflow. God's going to bless you tremendously through that, through that process, but it's going to be intense. And then after that, God's going to put you in a place where that same intensity will be reduced, where you'll be in a similar position, but you won't have to be the person you know, that answers to everyone anymore. There will be teams and people then in place where that'll communicate to you, but it's an intense moment. And I hear God saying three years. It'll be a time of three years where you'll run in that sense, and then you'll start to calm down. And so I want to prepare you for what is to come. I see a race that's about to start. The launch is coming. You are going. And as you go, I pray the blessing of the Lord on you. That as you embark on this journey, that God will strengthen you, that he'll protect you, and he will uphold you for the task that is upon your life. Now, everyone around you does not have the same integrity. It does not have the same heart. You really have a heart for the kingdom. You have a heart to see God's church grow. You have a heart to see God's church being established on the earth. That's been your motive. That's been your intention. And because of that, the Lord is opening up the windows of heaven over your life. There's tremendous increase that's coming to you, tremendous wealth that's being released because of the man of integrity that you are. There's a person that have done something, you've trusted them, and they've, they've, uh, it seems like they've, they've slipped in their integrity. And it's very difficult for you to process it because you expected more from them. Uh, you expected they would, you know, they, would, they would respond in a different way. And so I want you not to put all your focus and energy on that. People all make mistakes, all of us. All of us some form of weakness. There's no one that's perfect at that. And so God says, he says, don't let that influence the man who he has called you to be. Don't let down your level of integrity because they could not keep up to the same level of integrity. God's still calling you to live on that standard and to be in that place. And it will be all worth it. You've done some things and there could have been shortcuts, but you've chosen to walk the right path. And it's been difficult. It's not been easy. But even though it's been difficult, the reward that's coming to you is inevitable because of the heart and the motive of how you did it. So even though there was others that took a shorter route and they achieved greater success, it is the success that they have achieved is not consistent. 
I see it the same way as the success comes to them, it leaves them the next day. But with what God is doing in your life, it's been gradually, and the success that's coming will be consistent in your life and where you're going. The house and place where you're living right now is not the final destination. It's not the final place that the Lord has for you. I see God reshuffling. I see a move that's, that's happening, a change that's coming. And the change is not just for your comfort. The change is for your effectiveness. And so the house that God is, has for you is connected to the assignment that He has for you. And so there's a, there's a greater house or a larger house or there's a place that He has. It's not, just, it's not about comfort. It's about God that needs you to be as effective as you can be. And that's what it is. I see a place where you will live from and work from. I see a place that's set up to do both. Yes, you will be in the office at some times, but there will be days where you'll work from home. And they'll need, you have to need have, a, have to have a place that is equipped, that it's ready, where you can function and be just as effective from. And that's what this house is about, that God has for you, that He's preparing. The Lord has already chosen the address. He's already geographically set it apart. He's already positioned you. Exactly. I hear God says, He says, Andre, I've even chosen his neighbors. I've even chosen who will live next to him and who will be there. And so God has positioned you exactly where he wants you to be for his glory and for what he wants to do. Okay? There's been a lot of stuff that happened in your life has been slow. But suddenly there's a momentum that you're having right now. And because of that momentum, you are outrunning other people. It's a momentum that's busy picking up now in your life. And it's only the grace and the mercy of God that's on you, okay? You say you are taking care of the children and you're doing some stuff at the church, but you're doing way more than that, way, way more. You are, have been anointed for leadership early in your life. You grew up, it wasn't easy when you grew up. It was a lot of challenges, it was tough, you had to, everything was a fight. You had to push through and achieve every, every, you know, everything in your life, but because of that, it did develop some leadership skills, and you are called to be a leader. You're called to, to lead people and to guide people. And I sense that the time of that will come back again. I see things you've studied and prepared early in your life. And you've left it or stopped it. And I see it resurfacing again. It's coming back again. And it's not about what you're doing. It's about who you are. It's the leader, leader that you are. There's people that need to step into their callings. And God's going to use you strategically to get them to get to where they need to be. They need a little push. They need someone that can help them, that can lead them, can guide them, that can put a little pressure on them. And that is what God's going to cause you and call you, you know, to do in that season. You're a woman of prayer. I want you to know that God, I hear Lord says, He says, Andre, I've heard her prayers. And a lot of what you're going to see in this season is answered prayers, stuff you prayed for so long, and God suddenly starting to answer the prayers in your life. Where's your mother? Mom. Okay, where, where is she at this moment? Okay, as I stand before you right now, at this moment, God is touching your mother right now. I see the hand of God now on her. I see the presence of God flowing through her life, flowing through her body. There's some challenges that she's facing right now. She's not a, a good communicator. She wants to help everyone else but she doesn't want to ask for help. She will never, you know, tell people what she's going through. She's, she's fighting this battle on her own. But God says he's intervening. 
And the same way she has been there for many others, God is going to be there for her in this season, this moment of her life. What she's going through right now is just a little speed bump. It's just a challenge, a frustration, but, but God is going to lead her through this and set her free. And I declare it, I see as I stand before you right now the presence of God upon her life. Okay, bless you. Maybe see that. What's your name, sir? Jim. Jim, what do you do for work, Jim? I work for the government for the Navy. For the Navy, you like that? Yes. Okay, where's your wife? In Provincetown. Okay, you are a remarkable couple, both you and your wife. And when I look at you today, I see God touching your wife specifically today. If I look at her spirit, she's carrying a tiredness at this moment internally. She doesn't know how to say no. She will sign up and say yes for everything in life always, but she's tired at this moment. And so I'm speaking to a spirit right now to be awakened, to be energized. I pray for strength to come to her body. The tiredness that she's carrying is affecting some stuff in her natural body at this moment. And so as I see that in the spirit, I come against any form of sickness or disease, any limitation that the enemy wants to cause in her physical health. And I declare it's not from God, and I command it to stop and to leave her life at this moment. God is taking or calling both of you into a time of rest. If I say a time of rest, you need to take a break. You need to rest. You need to reevaluate. If I look at both of you, you've just been running for the last 30 years of your life. Just been going, running, running, and saying, yes, we, yes, yes we're going to rest, but you've, you've never done it. And God is suddenly calling you to that place. Now, rest means something different for everyone. Rest, uh, someone's, someone has to go away for a day and they rest. Other people need to rest for six months. And so I want you to have wisdom in what I'm sharing with you right now is you need to take a break. You need to rest, both of you. You have to get to a place where you can sit and just break free. I see a new season that you're entering and God wants to end the season. It's been a season of 30 years that you've been running. And I see it's coming to an end. And then God's suddenly announcing the next season. And the next season that both of you are entering is 30 years again. And so it's very important to choose wisely what you sign up for the next 30 years. <laughs> because it's, you'll be com committed to that for a very long time. By nature, you are a very committed man. If you say yes, you will do it and be there no matter the cost, no matter what. I mean, you will put everything aside. You will be there on time. You'll be committed. doesn't matter what's who you are. And the same when it comes to God's kingdom, the kingdom of God is something that's very serious to you. And because of that, you will commit 110% to what God has. But you have to be wise this moment. In the moment of rest, God is going to reveal to you exactly where he's taking you into the next season and, and what he wants you to let go of and what he wants you to commit. And so the time of rest is not just a time of refreshment. It's also a time of new direction in both of your lives. Okay, bless you. Maybe see that. What's your name? Jenny. Again? Jennifer. Jennifer. Okay. Where's your husband, Jennifer? Okay. Do you have any person in your life at this moment? Do you have any husband, any companion? Not just your children. Do you have any companion in your life? No companion. Okay. A very precious lady. Very, very precious. And God is, he is comforting you today. I see how God is very jealous of you. He doesn't want anyone 
just to come close to you or try to penetrate. And so he's very protective of you, protective of your children, protective of your life in uh, this season. I want you to hear that the battles that you're facing right now in your life, you are going to get through it. You are going to get through it. I hear you praying and in your prayer, you're saying, God, is this ever going to change? Is this the life that I will always have? And I'm here to tell you today, no. There's a better life that's waiting for you. Now, we often try to figure out when we deal with loss in our lives, how can it ever be restored? It is restored to us in a form of joy. And so I declare over you today that God is going to bring joy back into your life. Joy back into your life. Joy back into your life. And that joy that I'm referring to is a joy that will not just flow in your life, but also in the lives of those that are around you. Okay? How many children do you have? Who's the youngest child? Youngest child. Who's the youngest child? What's your name? Again? Jenica and Jennifer. Stand, Jenica. Okay. All of your children are a blessing. All of them. But specifically this morning, I see the youngest child. I see her and I see the destiny and the calling that God has for her life. Now, I want to ask you, the Lord is saying, he says, will you raise her in my ways? Will you raise her in my ways? And it's very important for her to grow up in the ways of God. And the reason is that she's called to be in ministry one day. There's a calling on her life to work for God one day. Now, with what all of you have been through, your children specifically, she's been hit the hardest. It has had the greatest impact on her life. And the enemy has tried to use everything to get her to give up and to get her to stop. But as I stand here today, I call her, I anoint her for the assignment that God has upon her life. And so as she stands here today, she will accomplish that which the Lord has called her to be. The day when she was born, she was born for a very specific purpose. And she will fulfill that purpose that God has for her life. Okay? What do you want to do with your life? You're not sure if you can do anything? Okay. Doesn't matter. Don't worry. But you're called to ministry. And God's going to use you one day as a minister in His kingdom. Okay? It's very important for her to be in church. It's very important for her to be connected to the Word of God. Now, I want to really, she needs, she's someone, I don't want to say she's lazy, but it takes her some time to get going, and she needs a push. She needs, you, you have to put some pressure on her to get her to be there, to get her to come. And it's important specifically because of the calling she's carrying upon her life. Okay? Give me your hand. Father, thank you for your joy that's being restored to her right now. Father, I declare, as I touch her right now, that your joy is running through her life. Thank you, Father. Restore to her joy. Joy, 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 Lord. Father, thank you that you are changing circumstances. Father, thank you for the things that she's not even praying for, that you are already watching out for her, already standing guard for her future. I pray for all the children right now. Father, I pray, lead them, guide them, strengthen them, Father. Father, I come against any wicked words that are spoken over them, any judgment that comes against them, Lord, people that are saying things, I come against those words, Lord, and I release it from them. It will not have a hold upon them any longer. 
In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. I want to encourage you to be here tonight. Tonight, I specifically want to anoint people. And so I want to encourage you, if you can be here, to be in the meeting. Thank you. Amen. Can we say thank you? <laughs> Isn't that so good? So good. The message was so good. The words, amazing. And we want to bless him. We want to bless his ministry. So we want to receive an offering right now. The way that works, we'll put up the three ways to give. Um, if you're giving by with an envelope, with a credit card or cash, just write inside the envelope for Andre or for the prophet or guest, any one of those. If you're giving online, there's a drop down that says guest speaker. So please use that now. We want to sow all the, we will, we will add up what comes in for tonight and today, and we will write him a separate check. If you're writing out a check, please make it out to the Promise Church in the memo line at the bottom. Just put for guest or for the prophet, something like that, and then we will write one check for him at the end because we want to sow into his ministry. We want to bless his ministry. And that's what's awesome about the kingdom of God is that when you sow financially into somebody's ministry, you benefit from them. You want to receive the prophet's reward. We want to give to him. We want to be, we want to be thankful. That's what God looks at. You know, it's like if you were blessed, you know, God gave you a word. God blessed you. It's like, how thankful are you? You know, and that's what is one, one of the ways that we get to do it back. We can't always show it in every other way, but we speak with um, our pockets, right? And we're thankful to God that we're able to sow into an amazing ministry and and as like you said, he flew all the way from South Africa to be here. So we're um, so pleased that he's with us. All right, let's pray and then we'll receive the offering. Father God, we thank you for Prophet Andre's ministry, Lord, for the gift upon his life, for the office that he walks in. Lord, that he would just continue this year to walk in your favor, in your abundance, in your blessing. Lord, that his greatest heart's desire would be met this year. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and receive the offering. And uh, then as we dismiss, we do ask that you allow Prophet Andre to make a straight line to his car. Uh, there will be no parking lot prophecies. Yes, we don't do that. We allow him. He's, he's given of himself for the last almost two hours. Uh, so we ask you that you would allow him to walk out um, to his car, okay, and to, to not crowd him afterwards. I know it's hard because you want to ask him a million questions, or, but uh, we ask you to give that time to him. And then tonight we will start at 6 o'clock. The doors probably will not open till at least 5.30. So, uh, you know, don't come at 5 thinking you're going to get in. We'll have the rehearsal team in here, so the doors will be locked till 5.30, okay? So everybody, Jose, everybody hear me? We'll open them at 5.30 for everybody. So it makes it fair for everybody coming in. And it sounds like it's going to be a powerful, powerful night. You don't want to miss it. We were done with the offering. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. Hope you were amazingly blessed. How about another round of applause and thank you to Prophet Andre.